Hey, hey, it's Friday. Just say it a couple times. It'll help. I promise. In fact, it's helping me to say it a couple times. It's Friday. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. It's Friday. Football. You can add that to a football Friday. Maybe it's also a financial Friday. <laughs> Otherwise known as payday. <laughs> I needed the F word. No, not that F word. Though I've thought that one a couple of times over the course of this show. It's been one of those nights at the office. So if you're in that position and you need it to be Friday, <gasps> voila, asking you shall receive. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this Friday morning. I'm starting to see it everywhere. Everywhere I look, I'm starting to see people rocking the baby and By people, I mean athletes, and by rocking, I mean violently swinging it back and forth. Is this the new thing now? Everywhere we look in sports, we're going to have athletes rocking the baby. It's reminding me of Steph Curry's night-night gesture, and we started seeing athletes at every level in every sport. From high school and youth sports to college to soccer on the international stage, everywhere. To the point where people would send videos to Steph and he would comment on his social media. That was (laughs) well-deserved. He started a trend. It went viral. I'd rather have that one than all the rocking the babies everywhere. So many people are rocking the babies. The Cardinals. We're the first I've seen in the NFL, but I'm going to be on the lookout for it this weekend. We're going to get to Thursday night football, but before then, two things you need to know. Number one, Christian McCaffrey is on his way to the Bay Area. The trade happened in the second half of last night's game on Amazon Prime, so the news broke there in the second half, even as his... Former teammate Robbie Anderson is playing for the Cardinals, kind of. I'm sure he will at some point be a factor. McCaffrey in exchange for four draft picks, three of them coming up next spring in 23 and then another in the 24 draft. So the Niners, of course they're all in. I feel like that goes without saying. But the idea that they had to give up this much to get him. It speaks volumes of what Christian McCaffrey can do on the field. And at this point, he's been healthy. Maybe we'll get him to answer the question the way that Aaron Judge has answered the question of his health all season. It's become a non-factor. He stayed healthy. He's been impactful all year. Christian McCaffrey has taken 85% of the Panther snaps through the first six weeks. And they don't actually need him to do that in San Francisco. Getting close to 700 yards from scrimmage. He's fourth in the NFL in that category through the six weeks. And earlier this month when Kyle Shanahan and the Niners faced the Panthers, even though they got the win, McCaffrey was over 100 yards and Kyle called him a problem. (laughs) How do you solve a problem? Like Christian, 
Well, you trade for him, so he's on your roster. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Thanks for all your dog photos. They have been a bright light over the last 48 hours. We've got our new poll up. Time to vote for the game of the week. Uh, Hint, hint, there is one that features the 49ers, and I certainly hope we're going to see Christian McCaffrey on the field. Man, imagine that. Chiefs at 49ers was already shaping up to be a doozy. But if we get to add Christian McCaffrey in the mix, and, and I suppose, why not? If Robbie Anderson got traded Monday and was already on the field Thursday, not not on the field a ton, but he was out there for the Cardinals in their game against the Saints last night. So that's the first thing you need to know to be ahead of the game on this football Friday. And the second you need to know is that we're going to get to Thursday night football coming up, but it's the first time since January of 2017 the Cardinals have gone over 40 points. I heard that on Westwood One. Thank you, Kevin Kugler, the Westwood One staff. I... I thought it had to be a mistake. Not that Kevin ever messes up because he doesn't. But January of 2017, a couple months shy of six years. Oh, my gosh. Since the Cardinals last went over 40 points. Well, no doubt it was the longest drought in the NFL. And they had another drought that they ended on Thursday night. So we'll keep you in suspense for a couple of minutes. Game two of the ALCS taking place in Houston last night, and it is more of the same for the New York Yankees. More of the same for the Houston Astros pitching. Not perfect, but just enough. And the way that the Astros are pitching right now means that the offense doesn't actually need to score a ton of runs. We saw it in that 18-inning scoreless affair against the Mariners, turned out to be games three and four. It just, it was labeled game three. Scoreless for 18 innings. This pitching staff can hang. They can hang zeros on you for hours if they need to. And in addition to that, as it comes to the Yankees, that pertains to the Yankees, frustrate them, strike them out over and over again. And I said it after game number one, it applies after game number two. There's only going to be a limited number of opportunities against that pitching staff. You have to capitalize on the chances you get because you're only going to get so many. But when you're striking out 30 times in two games, that's actually the opposite of capitalizing on your opportunities. It's got to be frustrating But the Astros pitching has had their number. Going back to the regular season, remember it was a no-hitter. It was nearly two consecutive days with no-hitters until there was a walk-off, a late rally by the Yankees, and Aaron Judge had the big walk-off. But this has been a pattern. And I'm not even going back to, was it 16 and 17 when the Astros eliminated the Yankees from the playoffs? So it's not even going back a couple years. You don't need to go back that far 
But yeah, there's a bit of a sample size here. No doubt Astros fans will point it out if, in fact, the Astros end up getting back to the World Series at the expense of the Yankees. But you only really need to go back to the summertime to recognize this pitching staff has essentially had its way with the Yankees lineup. And so, again, when you've got pitchers that are doing the job the way that they have done so far in two games, you really only need one or two big, loud moments at the plate. Severino set just above the belt. And the one-two. Swing and a three-pointer from way downtown. It's good! Alex Bregman with the long ball. It's 3 nothing. I was fortunate enough to get that at bat because Jordan hustled down the line. He, he plays he plays the game hard and um, you know, just trying to trying to score up a ball is, is tough off of him. He's one of the best pitchers in the game and uh, missed under a few fastballs and um, was fortunate enough to swear kind of square that one up um, and uh, give us the lead. Third inning home run, Alex Bregman with that ma- that monster shot. And at the time, I'm thinking, man, if the Yankees don't generate some offense or if this is another replica of the opener, that home run's going to be enough. It seemed like the Yankees were going to answer right back. In the top of the fourth, Framber Valdez has actually two errors on one play. So he bobbles a ball, and then to make matters worse, he picks it up and he chucks it wide of first base. It's like one of those, I, I thought about basketball. When you screw up, you miss a layup. Someone else grabs the rebound, and you're so pissed at yourself for missing the layup that you foul the person 92 feet from their hoop because you're trying to make up. You're trying to get the ball back and make up for the fact that you just screwed up the the bunny. (laughs) That was Framber Valdez. He bobbles the ball. He's trying to make the easy play at second. Drops the ball because he starts to throw before he actually has it in his hand. And then in order to make up for his error, he just chucks the ball wildly. That was really the only opening the Yankees had. They're able to come up with a couple of, well, one was a ground out, but a couple of RBI after that. They score two runs, and that was it. There was a moment where Aaron Judge almost tied the game. Bader leads off first. And the pitch is swung on and hit in the air to right field and deep. It is high. It is far. And it is caught by Tucker at the top of the wall. Bader goes to second. That's how close Judge came. High set for Presley. Hands away from the body. 2-2 again. Swing and a miss. Struck him out on the slider. Down and in. One out in the ninth. Comes set. Letter high. Hands away from the body. The 1-2 to Torres. Swing and a miss. Got him on the slider. Yankees down to their final out. There goes LoCastro, the 1-2 in the dirt. Did he go around? He did, says third base umpire Chris Guccione. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros go up two games to none in the American League Championship Series, defeating the New York Yankees by a final of 3-2. We're just going to try to play the same way we've been playing. Uh, hopefully we get some, some guys um, hot. Uh, we got a, a few guys hot. And, uh, you know, we'd like to get everybody out. Dusty Baker, so calm, so chill. 
easy to be a lot calmer when you are up 2-0. You've taken care of both games at Minute Maid Park. And once again, your pitching is masterful. And actually, I guess if there's going to be rocking babies, and I've seen it. I've seen it at Minute Maid Park. That's the perfect opportunity because it certainly does seem as though the Astros have figured it out against the Yankees. It's a limited sample size, but if it's just this year, it's just this lineup. And the Yankees are missing a couple of guys that are all about getting on base, that hit for average, right? So DJ LeMahieu hasn't been with them for a while. Didn't they trade for Andrew Benintendi to be able to get a guy who could get on base? And so they've had, as I say, limited opportunities. And the Astros haven't had a ton either. But their pitching staff gives them a little more margin for error. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. Of course, John Sterling on Yankees Radio. The 30 strikeouts in two games, I mean, that's a problem because that's one way to ensure you do not put a ball in play and you do not get a guy on base. The good thing is that when we did need the ball in play today, you know, within a run scoring situation, we're able to do that. So take a little bit from that. Um, we got to score. I mean, you know, swing and miss, or you know, the idea ain't just to touch it. It's tough to say. You know, some guys hit balls right at guys. You know, they make great plays. And, um, you know, other instances, they, <laughs> they, they make their pitches, and, you know, you just got to tip your cap. But, like you said, it's a postseason. Anything can happen, and we just got to keep, you know, playing our game, and you know, we'll be where we want to be. We play each and every game in and of itself, play each and every pitch within each and every game until there's no more pitches to play, win or lose. It's so philosophical of Garrett Cole. He's going to have to be more than philosophical come Saturday. For Pete's sake. (laughs) I actually saw our friend Sean Pendergast. I think it was him. I'd have to go back and check his Twitter. But I think it was Sean, who's been a guest on our show. He does the morning show on our affiliate in Houston, Sports Radio 610. And he used the hashtag for Pete's sake. (laughs) She's the worst feeling in the world. (laughs) He sounds so much like Kermit the Frog. Uh, He and Patrick Mahomes, they sound very similar and very much like Kermit the Frog. Uh, So Garrett Cole, incidentally, is... The starter for game three in New York on Saturday. Haven't seen the pitcher of record yet for the Astros, but Garrett Cole is, he's not the last hope. I suppose technically it's not a must-win game, but it's as close as you can possibly get. It's right in front of us. (laughs) Wow. Are you just loading up Yankees drops? I mean, is this your thing? Are you having fun in there? A little bit. A little bit. Maybe it's time for Aaron Boone to throw another tantrum. Maybe it's time for Kyler Murray to walk off the field and get in the Yankees' faces and tell them to calm the bleep down. This is a Gen Z thing. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, I'll bet you, is a millennial. Now, I'd have to go back and look at his age. So it's a millennial telling or talking about his quarterback saying it's a Gen Z thing. Oh, yeah, millennials are so tired of being piled on, right, but now they're fighting back. Dish that off. To now it's generation. a Gen Z thing. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury is the one who gives his guys phone breaks during practice, for heaven's sakes. For Pete's sake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, hello, Kettle, you're black. 
my gosh. For Pete's sake. For Pete's sake. Who says that? I say for heaven's sakes and people make fun of me for that. I say heavens to Betsy and people definitely make fun of me for that. That's not bad. The way he says he says for Pete's sake though, like actually like upset though. Like who if you use for it, Pete's you know, it's sake. you know, it's funny or whatever. He's genuinely using that like in a frustrated manner. Well, it's, it's a little bit like Kirk Cousins saying, Gosh dang it or no, it was Philip Rivers, but Kirk Cousins yeah. said it too. Kirk doesn't swear. And so Philip Rivers would say, Gosh dang it <laughs> <laughs> Like we couldn't figure out what you meant there, Philip Rivers. All right, so we'll get to Thursday night football, but yes, what you need to know is the Astros masterful pitching, lots of baby rocking going on with 30 strikeouts of the Yankees in two games as the scene, I almost said a word on accident that I didn't mean to say, a scene shifts shifts to the Bronx. Uh, if it's going to happen, it would definitely happen on this football Friday morning. Uh, and then also Christian McCaffrey is headed to the Bay Area so far healthy. And add that to a lineup that already features Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Greg Kittle. And I mean, every team in the NFC West has three wins. That includes the Cardinals. We'll talk about them coming up. Good morning to you. No, seriously, really. Good morning. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. To the After Hours Podcast. Play action, Dalton to throw, looking deep, looking for Shahid over the middle. Shahid's got it, lunging for the end zone, twists and twirls in for the touchdown. Rashid Shahid, 53 yards on the receiving end of the bomb from Andy Dalton. And a 6-0 start for the New Orleans Saints. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Kevin Kugler on Westwood One. He and Ryan Leaf calling Thursday night football last night in the desert. Cardinals and Saints, both desperate for wins, both trying to get to this Thursday night, this quick turnaround on Thursday night, get the win, and then have the mini buy. But obviously, you don't. Both come away with a win. It certainly looked like the Cardinals were about to go the same way that they had uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Lots of head scratching, lots of frustration, lots of trying to figure out what in the heck can we do to jumpstart our offense because the defense has played well. Well, except for on that 53-yard touchdown pass in the first three minutes. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. As they're getting deeper into the second half, the Cardinals are closing in. They're in the red zone. They're closing in on a touchdown. They're trying to keep pace. And there's an exchange. Well, there's a timeout. There's an exchange between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury's head coach. It's pretty obvious what 
Kyler was saying to his coach as he's walking off the field, calm the bleep down. If you haven't seen it, well, the video's been viewed uh, three million times by now. It's on our show Twitter after our CBS. And it was in that moment, I'm thinking, oh, man, it's about to spontaneously combust. If they don't score right here, Kyler Murray's head might explode. They do score after calling the timeout and having that exchange in which DeAndre Hopkins actually had to defuse it. He gets in between the two. You'll hear all three of them here in a sec. They get the touchdown, and then from that point on, well, it was a completely different game. I'm not going to tell you that was necessarily the turning point, but the turning points, whew, they were drastic. They were all right in a row there in the second quarter. Back to pass goes Dalton on first down. Fires over the middle. The ball is tipped into the air, and it's picked off at the 30-yard line. Running left to the 20, Marco Wilson to the 10. He high steps, and then he does a flip into the end zone for the touchdown. Marco Wilson with a pick six, and the Cardinals take the lead, 20-14. to 14. Dalton straight drop back. Throws over the middle, and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to the left of the 40, at the 30, at the 25, at the 20. And Simmons in, back-to-back. Interception returns for touchdowns by the Cardinals at the end of the half. The third pick thrown by Andy Dalton. And the Cardinals' defense with takeaways, turning him directly into scores. It all happened so fast. Dave Pash on Cardinals Radio. Right after that exchange between Kyler and Cliff, the Cardinals punch it in from two yards out. They cap a 13-play drive. They go 75 yards. They have the ball eight minutes. So tensions are running high. But at that moment, they're able to capitalize on their opportunity in the red zone. 40 seconds later, Marco Wilson... Pick six off Andy Dalton. Not even a minute after that, Isaiah Simmons. Pick six, Andy Dalton. So they go from being down 14-6 to being up a pair of touchdowns in the span of three minutes. It was unbelievable to watch. And again, I'm not telling you the heated exchange between Kyler and his head coach was the reason why. Only that... These guys are still in it. And that momentum shifted in a heartbeat. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) If you're only reading the beginning of Andy Dalton's stat line, this would be huge. 361 yards, four touchdown passes, but oh, yikes. Three interceptions, two of them being returned for pick sixes. So that's tough. It's tough to overcome when you spot your team a pair of touchdowns off your own mistakes, and Dalton knows that he's a veteran QB. Those are the ones that, you know, made a huge difference because they played, you know, pick six on both of them. So that's tough. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I'd like to have all three of them back. I don't think we played good on defense. Um, I think our tackling was shoddy again. Um I thought offensively we did some 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 good things. We moved the ball. We scored some points. Um, the three takeaways were killers in the game. We got to fix some of these issues. That's my responsibility to get these things fixed. Um, we haven't been able to do that. We got to get some guys back healthy, which hopefully over these next 
you know, 10 days, we'll be able to get a few of these guys back and, and uh, you know, give us some, some, more, um, some more guys to get out there and help us try to win a game. This was a chance for the Saints to stay right there in the mix in the NFC South. Because remember, the top two teams in that division are the Bucks and the Falcons. They're both 3-3. Three and three. The Saints would have been 3-4 and four with a win last night and would have been much closer within striking distance. Turns out that's the situation for the Cardinals now after they get the win. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. No joke. Every team in the NFC West has three wins. I don't know exactly how people drew it up or how they predicted things would go in this division, but all of them have three wins. It's comical, the NFC and what's happening right now. It's kind of flatlined. And a couple of teams that are separating themselves, but not a whole lot, which means what? It's all up for grabs. It's all there. Kyler Murray was on the Amazon Prime set after the game. And, yeah, it's a lot easier to be happy and to downplay an exchange with your coach when you get the W, which is what they did. Just trying to win. At the end of the day, uh, we're both competitors. Uh, you know, I know how he gets on the sidelines. So, uh, and I'm the same way. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to win. He said I didn't look good on TV um, acting that fiery. So he said... I don't know. This is a Gen Z thing. You're on TV, so calm down. Like, I like showing emotion. I love to see that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love being part of two, two, a team that two people are dedicated and that focused on winning. And obviously, you're going to butt heads. <laughs> I'm not married, but from what I hear, that's like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you hear all of them. It's kind of funny because our Cardinals reporter who joined us after the game from Glendale said all three of these guys gave different versions of what happened, and they kind of did. So Kyler Murray says, I'm look over, and he's just super animated on the sidelines. Quote, I just see the antics. <laughs> that's what he said about his head coach. I see the antics. Then you hear Cliff say, he says, I don't look good on TV acting that fiery. I guess it's a Gen Z thing. You're on TV, so calm down. <laughs> Murray responds with, well, he's usually chill until Sunday. My gosh. <laughs> oh, it's a laugh track. We have a laugh track. And then DeAndre Hopkins, who actually got in between them, or mostly just to tell Kyler himself to calm down. So Kyler's telling Cliff to calm down. Cliff's telling, or uh, DeAndre's telling Kyler to calm down. All right. You know what? When it doesn't matter as much, after you win, <laughs> that's when it doesn't matter as much. And so for them to get that victory, now have the mini buy, that's huge. And to get there with the three wins. Even as the Niners are making a trade for one Christian McCaffrey. So that happened in the second half. I just earlier actually had said that there's some ties here with the McCaffreys and the Shanahans. So Ed McCaffrey, so a longtime Denver Broncos receiver, he played for Kyle's dad, Mike. And of course, they won the two Super Bowls in the late 90s. Now you've got Christian McCaffrey, who's desperate to win. He's so dejected after the losses, which, of course, they piled up in Charlotte. Now he has an opportunity to play for Kyle Shanahan, who's got a lot of unique ideas on offense, loves to use 
running backs in a variety of ways and sets and Debo Samuel being a great example of what they can do with a guy who's really athletic. And then I just saw this tweet from a listener, and I appreciate this. He says, concerning Christian, his dad also played for the Niners and won his first Super Bowl with them. I had forgotten that, so thank you. This is the gentleman rogue. I had forgotten, and actually it was like before my time, before I was paying attention, um, but I'd forgotten that before Ed was with the Broncos, he was with the Niners. Spent one year with them. He didn't play a whole lot in 94. He got into three games, but he does have a ring from playing in San Francisco. So how about that? There's McCaffrey ties with the Shanahan family, and there's also a McCaffrey tie with San Francisco. The ring is the thing, and that's certainly what Christian and the Niners are chasing. So big news as we head into week number seven. There's some other big news. Dak Prescott is back. Oh, Tom Brady's not retiring. Were you wondering? And why is that even a question? Who's asking Tom Brady if he's retiring before week seven? Huh. We don't know about Russell Wilson yet. And maybe this move by the Niners isn't the last big move that we're going to see from a contender. Wait until you hear what Travis Kelsey had to say about the Chiefs. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Come on, come on, click, boom. As we wrap up the week, we contemplate the mysteries of the universe. Boom. I just laid down the A-law. Boom. The best highlights. Foles running up and down the line. It's a direct snap and it goes to Clement who gives it off to Burton, the tight end, who then throws in the end zone. Touchdown. And your fire. Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate the greatest sports show in America. Boom! After Hours presents the boom moment of the week. Here's Amy Lawrence. Boom! Here's the 0-2. Kim runs and a base hit into right field. Hit and run to perfection. Kim's on his way to third. He will turn on his way. Segura cuts it. No throw home. And Austin gets Aaron again. It's a one-run game in the bottom of the fifth. It's a typical plate appearance versus my brother. I'm 0-2. Um, <laughs> typical. I might as well just walk up there and uh, tell him to put your strikes on me because <laughs> uh, that's what it feels like. I, I just battle, you know. I know the kind of pitcher he is. I know he's not going to give in, and I know that he's going to come right after me and give his best stuff. So uh, i just up there trying to hit something hard through the middle, and, uh, you know, good things happen. It definitely worked. Austin Nola gets the best of little brother Aaron Nola, though Aaron had the two-strike count on him first. And it's it's a cool moment for the family, although it's stressing out their parents. But that hit by Austin off Aaron actually started the rally. Five runs in the fifth for the Padres in game number two after they'd spotted the Phillies a 4-0 lead. So that series is all tied up at one, and that's the series we've got on Friday night in Philadelphia. Remember the last time the Phillies were home in the postseason? It was last weekend against the Braves, and the Braves lost both and were done, and the Phillies were on to the NLCS. First time 
since 2010. So we get game three. Meanwhile, the ALCS takes off until Saturday. There's a doubleheader coming up on Saturday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Jesse Agler is the play-by-play voice of the Padres Radio Network. If you haven't yet voted, and lots of you haven't yet voted, that's why we give you extra time uh, for the After Hours NFL game of the week. Well, you've got options, and you can always send us your write-in votes, but on Twitter, Radio, and then also on our Facebook page. If you missed our conversation with Bobby McManaman, well, Bobby, Bob, his Twitter's Bobby, so there I just slipped into calling him Bobby like we're BFFs. <laughs> Bob McMahon, a man, he's with the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Republic, and he's been on that beat for a long time. Uh, and this was the first time the Cardinals have scored 40-plus points since January of 2017. How about that? Nearly six years since they had 40-plus points. And it's been exactly a year since they won in the desert. Maybe, just maybe, the game last night will be a springboard for them. So if you missed Bob, that's part of our podcast, After Hours, AmyLawrence.com. We're going to see a couple of QB changes this weekend. And maybe more that we won't know for sure until we actually get to Sunday. But Dak Prescott. As far as he's concerned, he's back after the thumb surgery, back on the field for the Cowboys as they host the Lions on Sunday. That was part of our plan. I mean, I, I wasn't playing last week, honestly. Um, that, that was just part of the plan uh, to make sure that week I got some reps. I did start to get some team reps and then could roll into this week for full go and uh, with, no, with no restrictions, and that's how everything went. As far as mentally getting over this, uh, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really think about this. I don't care about I'm, I'm thankful that I'm healthy. That's all. That's all I care about and think about. And now it's just about go playing plan the game that I love. Yeah, just to be clear, you are starting Sunday. I am. And how? <laughs> <laughs> I think anyway. So. <laughs> Not again. His leadership uh, ability, personality is is top notch, off the charts. So I mean it, that that energy definitely has been felt uh, w- without a doubt. So I mean and that's you know anybody knows Dak or has been a teammate of his, you know, understands the energy that he brings, you know, each and every day. Uh, Producer Jay and I are going to cop to this. We nearly put Cowboys-Lions into the After Hours Game of the Week poll. We nearly put a Lions game into our Game of the Week poll. Who says we can't get flexed? I mean, not right now you can't, but they're coming off a bye, so maybe they'll be fresh Maybe they'll have a lot of spring and energy and they'll be ready to go. But as you hear Mike McCarthy say, that's exactly what the Cowboys will get from Dak's return. Cooper Rush was steady. He managed the game. He managed the offense. He made the throws when he had to. But Dak Prescott is, he's the leader. He's the emotional leader. He's the leader of the offense. There isn't a throw on the field that he can't make. Uh, And this is his team. The offense was designed around him. And so to have him back, but also to go 4-1 and one while he's out is huge. Matt Cooper Rush deserves a ton of credit. The, da- the Dallas Cowboys defense deserves a ton of credit. It's Cooper Clutch. <laughs> but what I need to see from the defense this weekend, how about cut the penalties in half? There were 10 penalties last week, and a bunch of them were on the defense. We've seen that. They've got to keep their emotions in check. They've got to stop shooting themselves in the foot, to use that cliche. So the Cowboys hosting the Lions, 
That's coming up at Arlington. The place will be on fire for Dak's return. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Don't know about Russell Wilson yet. Remember, he tweaked a hammy. Moon's over my hammy. <laughs> Isn't that some kind of a egg dish? Mo- mo- Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some kind of a... Never mind. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> I'm clearly hungry, and I love eggs, but I swear that's on a menu I've seen somewhere. Denny's. Oh, see? Denny's, Denny's Moon's over my hammy. I mean, I don't know if it's exclusive to Denny's, but I still okay. first comes now, up. Now, see, every now and then, I feel brilliant. I'm not sure if it's... Uh, a big deal, or if you're impressed with the fact that I knew that menu item from from Denny's. I don't remember the last time I went to Denny's in college, maybe long time. For but me. somehow I remembered Moon's over my hammy. It's a delicious All right, scrambled egg sandwich. My work that can is be done here. For breakfast with hash browns on the side. Now, see, wow. I can just I can leave. I can. D- does that redeem the whole last five hours of you know what? Does it? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. The fact that the fact that I knew moons over my hammy. Oh my gosh, I'm really impressed with myself. I'm just looking at the picture, and I need one of these in my life. <laughs> like, like five minutes ago. So quickly we get derailed. By the way, did you get the pumpkin carving kit yet? Because Monday is D Day. Oh, we're ready for Monday. Did you get the pumpkin carving kit? It's on the way. If all of this talk results in you dropping the pumpkin, then the proverbial ball, the proverbial pumpkin, then that's it. That's we're it's on the way. We're never doing another YouTube video again. We just can't drop the pumpkin on the way in because then it'll smash and then we have nothing to carve. <laughs> okay. Did you get the gloves? Just the yes gl- or no? I haven't made a decision on the gloves yet. Oh, okay. The gloves, they go up past your elbow. I feel like I have to. <laughs> well, now you do. I feel like I have After to. After we told everyone how you're going to be decked out in gloves that go up past your elbow. I was hyping them up pretty pretty highly. I was cleaning bathrooms on Thursday afternoon because I've got company coming in this weekend. I was wearing gloves, but they do not go up past my elbow. You should get the elbow ones. No. You could really get in there. I got in there plenty. But the elbow just gives you that extra. I do, I do not need to stick my elbows in the toilet to clean gloves, it. No, that's what the brush is for, Jay. I'm good. Oh, my just gosh. Get, just get gloves with like when a brush on the When was the last finger. time you cleaned a toilet? Me? Yes. I don't know. Not that long ago, I oh, guess. Oh, my gosh. You should see his face right now. He is lying. And I'm I mean not. lying for all that he is worth. Go back to reading about moons over my hammy. Okay? Making me hungry. Zip it. <laughs> Calm the bleep down. Just kidding. I would never say that to anyone because if someone said it to me, there might be punches thrown. I'm just kidding. I don't throw punches. But, I mean, don't. No. No. Don't. That's not. That would not be okay. (laughs) Relax and calm the bleep down would not be okay for this chica. So, I'm impressed that Cliff Kingsbury can laugh it off like it's a Gen Z thing. (laughs) All right. So, back to Russell Wilson. Uh, maybe people want to say to him to calm down. Uh, who actually makes the decision about whether or not Russell Wilson's hammy and Russ himself will play on Sunday? Coach? First and foremost, it's Russell. You know, I, I want to be sure oh. that I'm talking with him, communicating with him, making sure that he's in a good mindset, that he's in a good place, that he can go play high-caliber football. And obviously the medical team is huge. We want to be sure we do right by the doctors. They're the ones that understand everything that's going on. And, and then George Payton, uh, I mean, th- those are really the people that we're talking. So it's, it's, we're very open dialogue and make sure we want to put somebody out there that's healthy and can go out there and play at a high level. 
Now, Brett Rippon has been, I bet you didn't know that he was the other quarterback on the Broncos roster. Brett Rippon has been taking snaps. We don't yet know whether or not uh, he will fill in for Russ. Do we have time for Travis? Tell me we have time for Travis. Okay, Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast. Listen to this. You had a little contract negotiated. Yes, I did. Can you put us in behind the scenes of that a little bit? What happened? I'm not sure yet. It's a start to a move, right? Do you think so? You're freeing up cap space to be able to do something. Yeah, my agent just hit me up and said that they want to free up some cap space. So I was like, I get the money now. All right. Why not? Seems like a no-brainer. And it frees (laughs) up cap space for us to get better as a team. So you cannot verify or debunk the rumors out there surrounding OBJ? Odell Beckham Jr.? That's the OBJ I'm referring to. (laughs) I want them to come true. I have not heard anything in the locker room or anything around the facility. All right, playing a little coy with it. I get it. Something's in the air for sure. How about that? Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast. So their opponent this weekend, San Francisco, goes out and gets Christian McCaffrey in a trade for four draft picks. That sounds weird. Four, four. In exchange for... Multiple draft picks, <laughs> three next spring and one the year after that. And here's Travis Kelsey saying, the Chiefs just asked to restructure my contract, gave me some money up front because they're freeing up cap space. Uh, okay, so the Chiefs potentially also looking to make a move. Now, I don't know if it's OBJ. That could just be Travis Kelsey toying with us. But the movers and shakers, the teams with serious designs, they're getting stuff done. Build the beast. That could be the After Hours Game of the Week. Uh, so you can check that poll out on Twitter, ALAW Radio, or on our Facebook page. I don't even have any idea how we survived this show, but we did. We will talk to you Sunday night. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom!